everybody. It is just about 7.07 .07 and I am Nick Finelli and you are here for another edition of EdTech Office Hours. So this is Nick with Blended Tech Learning and uh, hey everybody. Um, good to be here. So today we're going to do a, a walkthrough uh, because Google's done a lot of stuff uh, lately. Um, the month of April has been very active um, in G Suite and things that they're introducing and adding and stuff like that is just wanted to go over those to make sure you knew how to use those. And then I was also thinking about, you know, end of the year coming, a lot of times students have to write these, you know, long narratives or essays or things like that. And not that we need to, to cram them at the end here at all, but just to, to give you this uh, thing uh, with curriculum pathways, it's by SAS. I wanted to show you that as a, uh, a writing instructional tool rather than a there's a lot of tools out there that are rubrics and things that will help you as a teacher, but not as much to help guide the students through the whole process. I wanted to show you that. Um, I'm not going to do a full tutorial of it, um, but it's a, it's a pretty good product. So I just wanted to share that um, so you knew that was there too. Uh, but let's go into some stuff, uh, see what's new with Google. Also, for those people who are just joining me for the first time, um, Got a lot of new subscribers this week, so I'm excited. Uh, you can always ask questions ahead of time to send an email to me or any, any uh, social media such, such as Twitter, um, Facebook. You can connect with me there or subscribe to my YouTube channel and even add um, comments there of things you'd like to see or, or use. Um, all the videos are included in Facebook Live videos as well as the YouTube ones, so I cross them over so you can go to either place and find them and that's kind of it um, I'm just a self self plug uh, so summer's coming up and I know a lot of you are planning for professional development I offer online courses uh, for uh, Google certification levels one and two I also offer um, a Microsoft Innovative Educator online course and as well as Apple Teacher as well as about 15 to 16 other courses that you can take on just different things such as writing and so forth. So visit courses.blendedtechlearning.com. I'll tell you more about it. Um, this Thursday I'm going to announce uh, about 10 more classes that, that I'm adding to the list. So uh, go ahead and check out Blended Tech Learning and courses. So now let's get on to uh, what we're going to do today with Google. So let me go back to our slide here. And so some of the things with Google have to do with, uh, with Google Sheets. Some have to do with Google Docs and Slides. And then um, also want to share some, uh, some admin stuff. And the reason I share admin stuff, I, I know not um, the target audience isn't necessarily admins, but if you know about something that exists and you can tell your Google admin at your school like hey we can do this now and they might know it already but if they hear it from you then there might be an interest to, to change it quicker um, so that's it so first thing I wanted to start out with when when we talk about what's new with Google I want to talk about the Google G Suite release calendar and so What's nice about the release calendar is that it shows you for the month 
what is going on as far as the being released. It has, you know, you can do it weekly, you can do the agenda view, and besides for the month, so you can see April's been pretty busy. There's different color codings, and it tells you underneath what those are. And um, basically, if your your Google admin has decided that you want to have a rapid release, which means you get the launches as soon as they launch, then you'll see new products and things in the way. A lot of times, I see people posting stuff and saying, "Hey, this just showed up today," you know, because they didn't know it was coming. But you can subscribe or just go to this calendar. Um, you can actually add this calendar to your calendar. So if you wanted to, you just click on the plus and it's going to add your calendar here. Um, it's going to bring it up and then it's going to add this particular release calendar. And so you can decide which one. And if you already know, you're like, okay, I am, you know, on this release calendar or something like that, or I'm rapid release. Um, then you can add them. So there's four different calendars that it's showing. I like to show all of them so that you can kind of see. And I will continue getting notifications. Thank you. All right, so now I have those calendars in there and I'm able to see anytime what's going on. And so for example, if we just wanted to look at today on the calendar, I'm just gonna click the letter D and go to my day view and so G Suite basic and business customers so that's something for them um, that's all that's listed for today for tomorrow different color add custom links to navigation bar in new Google sites now this is for schedule release so that means people who've had the rapid release would already get them so it's kind of nice to be able to, to see what's happening and Usually the schedule release is two to three weeks later. Sometimes it's the same day, but you know, other times it's, it's different. Um, but this is nice having a calendar so you know what's coming. Um, so just look at this calendar. I'm going to review some things. And what's also nice is they have a, a blog update. So for instance, this is coming tomorrow. So if you didn't know about this, um, they have a blog that basically says their update. And they've been doing this for years, but... Um, just been in different locations. Uh, so on April 11th, they announced this. Okay, and so you really just go to sites. There's not really much to it, and they have usually have some sort of animated GIF that shows you the process. But basically, you can add to your uh, your horizontal, excuse me, your navigation up here, your horizontal navigation, and instead of adding um, a page, you just go down here and it there's a link or a button that says add link and you just type in the URL and so let me see if I can zoom in alright that might show a little better anyway so then you just add the link and it puts it on there so it's like a direct link the old sites used to have that and they just didn't have it with the new sites but that's what this shows you and then underneath it's going to talk about the release tracks Launching rapidly, scheduled release coming in two weeks. So, and then they have the calendar underneath. So, subscribe to RSS feed of these updates. So, if you click on that, of course, you're going to get updates so you'll know when stuff is coming. All right, let's go back to the calendar. So, just looking at it, you can see it's a, a busy month. I'll just tell you some of the things that, that they updated. So, we have a uh, 
Google Drive, and you probably have seen the smart sharing. So what that means is any, um, any document that you go to send via mail or maybe even um, send in some other way, what it does is it looks to see who has permissions and it says, do you want this, you know, send this out? Because right now it's private. Do you want to give permissions to everybody? And so that's, a, that's what it used to have was just, you know, that turn link sharing on. But now it even goes a little more granular and, and um, puts different people's names and asks them what's going on as far as how, they, how you want to share that out. And so if I had something here and I wanted to, to share it out, in Drive, it's it's going to show me different options. Um, probably be better if I did it in Mail because then it would show how it's you know smartly coming up. Um, maybe I should just open up the the link that has it in here. So notice it's red, which means it is part of the rapid release. So on April second, all those people got it. And again, a lot of these are, are quick things like, oh, you know, that's pretty easy. I don't have to look much at it. Um, but here's what I was talking about. Like, have specific people. And so you can give them particular rights or just turn link sharing on for everybody. Um, so that's just what's nice about it. It automatically does this. And this is features called Access Checker. And it does it in Gmail and Calendar specifically, um, just because those are the places that we can attach um, drive files and so that does it. I'll show you um, in the admin section where that is along with a, a couple other admin things that have have been coming up so if your admins are out there this is a good place for you to to see if you want to make some changes to this to allow it. Um, so some other things that have been added to Google G Suite is the directory. Now um, you can have the directory be able to be split. So before, when you had a directory, when you brought up all your contacts, it would list everybody in your organization. So uh, let's see if I can, can do that under this account. Just go to New. And you can go to your contacts here. And the directory is shown under the contacts. And what happens is directory will list anybody that has the admin in Google has given a check mark that says, hey, this person can be listed in the directory. Um, but we've found out, and I, I know lots of schools have done this, is they have kids and um, teachers on the same domain, but they don't want necessarily the kids to have access to everybody in the domain you know they might want them to have access to teachers but not necessarily being able to quickly email the, the principal or the head of school or something like that um, so notice this one under directory has none but if I go to a different user let me bring in a different user I want to show you the same thing So now I'll go to this user and show you how different it looks based on 
directory. So you can set up a directory so they only they don't see anybody or they see a specific group. this link just on our little chat so people can see it. Other things you can do besides, you know, adding this and checking this list um, is I told you about subscribing. There we go. So here's the contact list, but if I go all the way down, to my directory. There it is. So you can see these are all people within the organization, different usernames and things like that. Um, so that's just a kind of cool way to, to be able to differentiate. So now that, that is possible. Another thing that is now possible is also these quick actions within um, the Google domain. So let's go to and when I say quick actions, I mean as far as the user is involved. So I'm going to go to the admin settings and let's bring those over. Let me make this a little bigger so you can see. There. All right, so I'm in my admin control center and I want to go over basically the, the drive settings and the G Suite directory. So here's the, the directory settings. So I'm actually under apps, G Suite, and settings for directory. Open it up, I'm at my top level OU, organization unit. And if I just go down to visibility, there's directory visibility, and I can choose no users, all users. Those were the only two options. And now I have users in a custom directory. So these are settings for all. If I go down to one of my other ones, which I've established already, if I go down to students, they're going to have a different setting. Oh, pop me out. All right, back in. while we wait for that. Um, I do appreciate everybody sending notes and subscribing and also adding uh, or sharing um, that this live uh, office hours is available. Again, feel free to send in questions, write in live. If I don't get to it tonight, I will get to it next session or I'll send you something specific if you have a 
specific question. All right, so now I'm looking at the students organization unit, which is a sub OU, and I have users in a custom directory. So you can create a new one, or you can use existing ones that you have. And then in the custom directory, you can decide, and I'm just going to click on edit because I named it students, but I can decide which groups I have. So your students probably have groups either by classroom that they're in, so I have classroom names and things like that on here. Um, I also have groups that I've created. So the, uh, these, most of these have been done with uh, Hapara using that to create those. But I've, I've had other groups that I've created. But there's the classroom teachers list, which I could include separately as teachers. So I could change this and names teachers. And what this would do is all people that have access to create classes in my domain now will have a, a separate directory if they are actually users in this uh, particular sub organization. So that's just quickly and easily how you can set up the visibility. But you just go to apps, G Suite, and then directory, and then decide who it is you want to have this custom directory, and then what groups they can belong to. Alright, some other things you can do is, let's go back out to our G Suite. I'm not going to go too far from our apps. And we're going to go to Drive and Docs. Alright, that seems to be a little bit better. Okay, so we're back in Drive and Docs and um, want you to look at just the different settings but you have a activity dashboard and so that's one of the things that um, you can add and so what the activity dashboard does is when a, a user wants to see what's going on in a particular thing that they have started they own and they want to see you know when somebody's worked on it and what's going on Here's where you control that access to the activity dashboard. So you can turn it on or off. Um, and then what that does, let me show you a particular user. So if they're on a presentation that they uh, wanted to see when the last time somebody worked on it, what's going on, kind of that particular activity, it will show that. Under your tools. So if I go to activity dashboard, under tools, this is going to show who Ras read it, maybe look this evening, this afternoon, who was on it, and you can click on the privacy settings and it shows your view history for all docs, sheets, slides, show my view history for documents. So you can see if people even just jumped on and looked at it. Um, which is nice just to know that someone took a look, especially students, like, okay, did you open that document? Did you do anything with it? You can, you can have that on a particular file. And then if you have it shared for everybody, it's different too. So that's, uh, go back here. So that's how you turn that on. As far as going into users, so let's do this. They've made it simpler 
in the admin section to look at different users. And what they've done is they've made it a way so it's kind of all in little cards, all on one, one sheet. So when you search for a user in the admin section, so it's still loading here, but when you search for a user, you select the user. And when the user is selected, or if you just had the listing brought up, you could just select the user. It shows a little thing over here on the left. It's going to show their icon. It's going to show their username and their email, whether they're active, when they last signed in, when the account was created. Then it shows the OU they're in. You can reset your passwords, rename, then your more. You can add them to groups, email, all the kind of stuff you had before. It's just showing it over here on the left. And then this quick information is here. So if you need to turn two-step verification on, it's really just moving stuff around, but it's just a different look to be able to, to see um, what they're assigned to and what they have. So like here's their licenses. If I click on that, it's going to open it up a little bit bigger and show you what license access they might have. Or if you want them to have access to a team drive. Um, same basic stuff, but it's just a different format for how to do it. So that's another thing. And there's your small part there. So those are just some quick things inside the admin control panel, being able to look at the directory, being able to go ahead and um, do the smarter sharing, basically. Uh, oh, actually, I didn't show you the, the smarter sharing. That's under the docs, too. but. Uh, it's just a quick enable and the uh, being able to, to see these quick actions right here. Um, all right, and show it. So there's a plus down here at the bottom right and there we go. And if you click on the plus, you have the link. Um, and this is what it shows like up here and of course add the URL. But the other thing I was talking about was being able to add a uh, a favicon. So now you have that ability ability if you go to your tools up here so there's lots of different tools but if you go to the three dots you can go to add favicon. Cool thing about this is you don't have to set up anything particular you just have to have an image. So if you want to select a particular image that you have or search for something, then it's going to make an icon, of course, up here in your area. So I can do Harry Potter. Oh, wait, I'm not looking for a URL. There we go. And so if I want this HP to be up there as my favicon, then do that and so now it failed to insert perhaps it's too big depending on the the, the selection um, I can upload something but what it will do let me click on select again we'll try something a little smaller try clip art maybe that might be a little smaller I don't know the Wikipedia ones tend to be bigger there we go. So now it's showing it. It's been added. 
And now if I view, because right now you can't see, see it's still the Google logo. So if I click on preview, still not going to show it. But the next time I publish, if I click publish, now it'll say it's published. And of course, if you want to view your published page, voila, here it comes. And you're going to see it right there. Been added. So that's, that's just a simple way to add a favicon. If you want to change it, just go through the same process to change it. Okie doke. Let's go to Google Sheets now. There's a number of cool things in Sheets. And so the first one I want to talk to you about is the macros. And so and for years I've been telling people, you know, Google Sheets, it's like Excel, except you really can't do macros. Well, guess what? You can do macros now, which is really cool. Um, so some of the things are set up macros. So for instance, when you create or record a macro, it's like you're recording steps in a procedure, um, for those who are not sure what that is. And so I'll give an example. I have this uh, spreadsheet coming up here, and I created a little space down here to take the median attendance of this FIFA World Cup over the years, because they do the average attendance. So I'm doing the median here, and I want that same median to be copied over several times. Now I could, you know, when I originally did it, it's like, oh, I only wanted it for attendance. Lots of steps involved. So if it wasn't just one thing, like you know, copying the median over, maybe it was increasing fonts, changing things like that. Um, that's that's really what what you would do is if you have this whole sequence of events. But what's nice is they give you shortcuts, or you just click on the area here. So if I want this to be in the median, um, if I go under data. not under data. should be under insert. There we go. Um, no, I don't see it anymore. I just had it. There's my macro. There we go. Tools. Why did I forget that? Sorry about that. It's under tools. So, of course, you, you can record it, but if you already have one set up, this is a shortcut I set up. So when I click on it, it'll automatically do the median for that particular area. And I can do it again. This time I'm just going to use the keystrokes. And it really just runs the script. Now if I wanted to change it to something else, so now I'll actually go through the process of running a macro from start because this, this did this. So let's go ahead and go to tools. And this time we're going to create or, or record a macro. And you have two choices. You can use relative references, which means basically you apply the macro use to the active selection, or it has to be in the exact location as recorded. I like doing active selection just because it allows me to have some more flexibility, but it just depends on what you do. All right, so the first thing I do is I'm going to highlight the cells and change color, change it to orange, and 
I'm going to type in, let's see if we can figure out the mode for these. This one probably doesn't have a mode, but I'm going to do equals mode. And then select my values close parentheses and hit enter and so now it's like the mode of course not available there let's see if that same thing I could copy sometimes if the it's you know bimodal or something if there isn't one then it'll do something different this one I copied it over so let's do it all the way across and copy and so now the mode has been copied and I click on save And so now it's an untitled macro, so now it allows me to save this. I can call this mode, and maybe this one is number two. So I save the shortcut. And so now it allows me to save that. So other things you can do is you can grab entire sections. So if I want to group, for instance, year and edition, I can grab both those sections. Now if I right-click, it can allow me, I can easily resize them. If I want it to fit to the data, or I can have uh, a new section, new column be a different section. See, now it fits nicely. Or, same right click, I can group these columns. So now there's going to be an extra extension up here. It's going to show you that these are grouped together. So, it's a nice feature to be able to, to do things with. Um, rid of it by accident there. And then the other things you can do is you can insert, go to this column, and insert one to the right here. So you can also insert checkboxes now. And so what's neat about this is I could take a particular area right here, thinking, you know, student work or if you have some sort of thing where you students check off a, a process or something like that or if you're just checking student work but you just go into the data it's excuse me the um kind of backwards you go to insert and then go to checkbox it even says new and Google's now adding that so whenever you see something new instead of it always just flashing on your screen it will show you that it's new and so now it adds these nice fancy checkboxes size so it fits nicely and now I can check items off so another good tool if I were to filter under that check off it's nice as you can do true or false so the check would be true the false would not be blanks there we go and then now my data is filtered based on that information move this chart out of the way there we go and now my chart changes too based on the data that's showing up so another nice cool thing about 
uh, using Google and being able to use this the checkboxes work in that way it gives basically a true false icon there or you can see up there so now it's labeled false and then this one's labeled true so a lot of cool stuff uh, you can also, uh, if you if you read or look at the, the actual labels inside of charts can change. So I'm going to unfilter this. Uh, probably easier just turn it off up here. I was going to have my checkboxes on, but there's my chart. And the chart itself, if you go to the settings of it, so it's the three dots, and you go to edit chart. If it's some sort of a pie chart, doesn't have as many options, but if you change the data, for instance, to column chart, and then go to customize, you're going to get lots of options as far as the series to put it, error bars, the legend, you'll have some options. Does it go inside, top, bottom, left, right, labeled, none, so forth. So depending on what your chart looks like, now the chart is here. Um, depending on what you have going on for it, um, it will label those things different areas but it just allows more customization all right so we've done some with sheets we've done of course with a, a Google Admin Center we did that quick thing with sites now I want to take you into Google Docs um, so one of the cool things about Google Docs is now uh, it inserts slide titles or slides the same way it did for Google Sheets. So when you open up a Google Doc and you want to insert a, uh, a particular slide, it will insert that slide, but if you change the slide later, you can update it just by clicking Update Link. And that way, your docs are always updated even if you've changed a, a slide later, um, later on. And so I have this example here. So this is a, just a doc, uh, choose your own adventure game, and that's also the, um, the slide. And so this is kind of like a brainstorm, so somebody may be creating a choose your own adventure slide deck, and they want people to join them in solving the mystery or whatever. And then maybe throughout is, you know, you have different questions that you have them, um, you know, decide, should I do this, should I do that? Um, so all of those are listed. And then what you do is you go to your slide so you can choose any slide when you choose the slide so 
So I could copy and paste any one of these. Let me double check my screen is not catching up here. for a second, have a moment of meditation and mindfulness. That reminds me, remember the mindfulness thing? You could, we could be using that just as a, as a segue while we're double checking to make sure this, this works as far as transitioning. I just don't want you to be able to not see the slides that I'm doing and right now it looks like it's lagging so just wanted to sure it's caught up. Alright, so I will edit that out later. Um, so it has caught up. So now you go to a slide and you pick the particular slide and you copy it. And so I can go to slide number two and I can do file copy or I can right click copy but you just copy the name of the or not the name, but the actual slide itself. And then once you copy it, then you go into your Google Doc and paste it. So you can see here I have a an area set up so we can do that. And so it has to be a slide that you own. It can't be a slide that you've been kind of given a copy to it. It'll say slide will not be created. And so now I just click on paste or I could do control V. And so what it's going to do is going to add that particular slide. And then I'm going to do a change to the slide so you can see that. And then we'll go back to the document and see how it's changed in there too. Alright, so here's the slide. Do I want it to link or do I want to paste unlinked? If I paste unlinked, of course, if I make any changes, it won't change those. So I'm going to keep it linked. There we go. So it's in there. I always like to put a border around so I know it's some sort of uh, presentation or something like that, but if I didn't need to, depends on how I'm using it. And now I'm going to go back to the slide and let's, let's do this. Let's go into the text itself. Let's change the background there so it's not this highlighted color here, but it's just white. And so that's just subtle change right there. Of course, these are all linked like you would do any of those choose your own adventures. And so don't really have to do anything here. Go back to the dock itself. And then when I click on the dock, you're going to see it says it's linked. And when I click on the arrows, it's going to say update, just like it did with Google Sheets. And I click update, and there you go. It changed it. So 
pretty cool way to, to link and remember the other thing you can do is the same thing with Google Sheets is you can insert a chart from Sheets. Okay, so nice new tools uh, coming your way there with Google. Uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about was directly in slides. So some of the newest things is talking about the uh, guides and also the ruler part. Okay, so there's uh, there's some different preferences here. So go over and you can change um, many different things. So there's your slide numbers and you see, sorry, it's taking a while there. And so if I go to my page setup, um, actually, I don't know if I enabled this on this account. Um, let me look and double check to make sure I enabled it on my account before when I thought I did before ahead of time, but you never know. to go back on that one. I'll put that on Thursday's note to show you the, the slide um, guides and also be able to show you the, the actual ruler that goes on, which is kind of nice. All right, so the next thing to talk about is the applied digital skills. And so I don't know if you guys know about these, but the applied digital skills are really cool. It is Google's kind of transition from using Google for school to, okay, how do I use these digital tools in, in real life? And so they have a whole curriculum set up. And the curriculum is set up for just students themselves, starting from the middle school all the way to just teachers, um, you know, learning how to use it or professionals. Um, you know, it's, it's geared towards the, the kids, but as an instructor or as a teacher, you can set up a classroom and kind of follow your kids and see how they're doing through these particular skills in this curriculum. So let's show you what that looks like. All right, so here I am and I'm logged in as a student, so I'm gonna say I'm a learner. And it's going to ask what best describes you. I'm going to also, while that comes up, I'm going to bring up this side also. So the left side of the screen will be the teacher user, and the right side of the screen will be the student. That way you can see both things. And so are you taking a course with an instructor? So the student says yes. And then it's going to ask you, what is your course code? This is when, as an instructor, you actually can create a class 
and add learners to it and select any type of unit. So if you look here as a teacher, I'm logged in and I can choose any one of these. And you can see whether students are actually in. Um, there's the if-then adventure stories, research and development, and so all of these have it. Um, if you want to go to the website, you can actually see more here about it, but I'm just going to uh, look at this code right here. It, it creates code 10bear, so if I just type that in, 10bear, checking this box, and I get started. So it's going to send me, similar to you know, Khan Academy or something like that, look, Blended Tech Learning, CS1 Charlotte, there we go. And I can go in and now join this. So you can do this um, within your domain. You can do it with other users. Uh, you can create usernames, of course, if you have an admin, right? But what's cool about this is now the students get to just work. They don't really, you know, they're in the class and now as you pose and, and give them different things, they can work on them. And it has videos, it has transcripts, and through the videos themselves, they'll have tasks for them to do. As a teacher, there's part here on the left where it says prep. And hopefully it won't have me sign in again. Um, there we go. So it says prep, it says what you need the students to be able to do. They go to g.co, apply digital skills, or you can just push it to them. They have nice posters and flyers. They have the entire curriculum. You can tell them how to set up the cut class code. But if you want to review the curriculum that the students are going through, you can just click on that. Besides prep, it's going to show you who's in the class. It's going to show you what progress they've made or where they are as far as all the different things you know, inside that activity. And so there's activity one, 1.1. 1 .1. So if, and there's the student. So I can see as they're going on where they are on the map. And there's activity two, part of this. But this is the only thing. If I go to different units, I can see different things going on. The data itself is just going to show you quick data um, charts of the access and what they've done. It's a nice snapshot. And then here's your ECC here. This is, uh, you can drag different topics for them to use. And so you can kind of customize it so that they can have, you know, once they turn something in, they can go to a next topic or something like that. So these are just auto-assigned topics on things that I think they might be interested in or something like that. Um, so if I pick that, then it'll auto assign them topics that have to do with this. Okay. So it's really cool to, to go through this, but definitely spend some time taking it out, checking it out. These are my classes, this is the curriculum, and then this is the CS First dashboard, which allows you to do some other stuff, which we'll talk about later in setting up uh, CS camps for uh, Google inside your school. They send you all the materials and things like that. So on Thursday, um, I'll talk about that show. All right, last part here. Um, last part is going to the curriculum um, that I was talking about, was the curriculum pathways. 
I'm just gonna type in the search. We'll make this bigger and make this student get out of the way. All right, so it's Curriculum Pathways. It's by SAS, S-A-S. Oh, wow, I am pulling that up. And check to see we don't have any questions. Yeah, I do like the applied uh, applied learning from Google, or actually it's applied applied uh, skills with Google. Uh, they also will send you posters and things like that if you, uh, if you join. You create the, um, when I did the CS stuff with with my groups, um, they sent me all the materials I needed, uh, both digitally and you know paper stuff, so they could track themselves. All right, so I am in. Um, Curriculum Pathways right here. Why use Curriculum Pathways? You do have to sign up, but it is a free sign up. And of course, everything free is like, okay, it's not really free. They're, you know, they're looking at your your data and saying we have this many people signed up and that helps them make money so they can give you the product or do other things. So, um, but in Curriculum Pathways, the, the neat thing that I like about it is the, let's see if we can, Pull up the writing um, resources. So, they have online learning, of course. They have lots of research into what they've done. And I'm going to write SAS Writing Navigator. I think that's the, the name that gets you directly in there. They also have it in the Chrome Web Store. There. So the Writing Navigator is neat because it can show you um, each of the steps, and there's different parts to it. Uh, so the videos themselves explain it, but if you think about the writing process, a lot of times with with the kids you know we want them to plan it out then we want them after they planned it to make that draft and we have them do it in Google like for instance planning it out yeah they plan it out via our instruction you know we're doing stuff with them and, and maybe have set up something in a slide or a drawing or some sort of other uh, tool to help them map it out and then we have them write their draft in Google and then revise it in Google and then publish and of course we grade it and use rubrics like using Jozu um, to look at those things. But I just like this because it's just, it's all here in one. Um, so you have the writing planner. Yeah, I need to log in. So you have your writing planner. Um, you also have their drafter, which is next. And inside of those, they give you like ways. And of course, we want our students to, to read things. And a lot of times they don't. They just want to click on buttons um, to get to the next level or think they know things. But, uh, this pretty cool to be able to to do this. So the planner itself, it'll say you haven't done anything. Let's open or I think I am set up as a teacher here, so it's going to be a little different. 
Try a different link. This is a, going through the process. You'd be able to see different parts, but I think this is just the portal showing. Um, showing where you need to go. There it is. All right, so create a draft by selecting one of the following. Start from scratch or load save work. All right, so we're going to start from scratch. And of course, they have these. Um, as add-ons inside of Google Docs if you want to use them. But what I like is just at the top right, state your purpose. And then if you don't know or understand anything about purpose, here's a little explanation about you know what what is your purpose for your writing. And so then you'd write it up there. And then the same thing about your audience. What kind of things do they want you to write in there and why? And so it just helps you with that frame of mind and give you that base, especially for writers who are, you know, Maybe always having to remember, like, how do we do this? This just provides that nice template of format for it. Then um, goes into writing plans, talking about examples of main ideas. So students can continue to add main ideas. It starts out with an introduction and conclusion and has separate parts. Under the research, it allows you to add items and then So as I add, I can actually click on research here and it says what type of source. And then once I click on the source, well, it's, a, it's an electronic source. And then it says what type. Uh, it's a tweet. And so then you put your notes in about it. Maybe you have a specific area and it'll give you a cited page. So. So now it looks for a username, that's Twitter username, and then anything that's cited. So I can just type in my username. There we go. So that's considered a work cited right there for this tweet in its entirety. And that's it. So you'd be able to use that, submit. And so now it's listed as a star. But each section is like this. And so notice there's draft, introduction, conclusion under each section, highlights, and then they have different ideas. Like how do I focus on conclusions? And it gives you ideas. And so I think this is just one of those tools that makes it easier for students to go back to and not necessarily have the teacher always instructing them and it, it helps them go through the process on their own and have a little more autonomy. All right, so that is about it for tonight. Uh, thank you for stopping by and as always, uh, go out there and just do something new. Have fun with your students and it's okay. We don't have to know everything. We don't have to learn everything there is. And as long as you're you're getting better each day, that's that's all we can ask for. You're you're doing fine enough. So don't put pressure on yourself to, to try to do all of these things. Um, I do this to, to hopefully that it'll spark you to do one of these things. And one of these things may make a change for you or may make a change for your students and, and how you teach and how you learn. So 
That's it. Good night, everybody.